Thursdays, Mondays blue. Tuesdays grey and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and my third eye is very focused. <laughs> my name is Stephanie, and I just sent Robin a vine of a cat walking on two legs. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a guest with us returning just a few episodes later to, to kind of fill in for somebody who couldn't show up tonight. Uh, but uh, welcome back to the show, iZombie Obsessed, Kirsten. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Can I just ask you a quick question, oh, though? Yeah, sure, sure. How hard are you guys brushing your teeth? <laughs> uh, really hard, really hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, open sore talk is never oh. a good icebreaker, but uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> how have you been, Kirsten? Been in, I've been great. Been enjoying the season? I have been. Yeah. It's been amazing. This is probably, I don't know, could we, can we say best episode of the season so far? Or just maybe most complex? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, complex. I think it, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah, weird. Yeah, like, there is so the, much packed in there. Yeah, I feel weird giving the title to, like, something that's not written by Rob Thomas or uh, Diane Ruggiero, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe just every single episode that I watch, I'm like, oh, that was the best episode. That was it right there. That was I, yeah, I do just, that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it just gets better and better. It just builds on itself and gets so much better. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're going to talk all about that episode. Huge episode to talk about tonight. Uh, but first, we're going to talk uh, some news. Uh, Deadline reports that uh, Tempest is coming to the CW. Tempest, Tempest is a uh, show that's written by iZombie writers Graham Norris and Deirdre Mangan. Um and it's going to be – they're going to be executive producers right along with Rob Thomas and Daniel Stockdick. Um, they said the plot is a young woman lives on a utopian spaceship, finds out it is secretly powered by slaves, and uh, she becomes entangled uh, romantically and politically in a dangerous rebellion below deck. So sounds uh, sounds like we might have a our first uh, uh, sci-fi uh, property that's – you know, kind of executive produced by Rob Thomas, but it's also something I'm really, uh, really happy for Graham Norris and Deirdre Mangan, who are, you know, just in the writer's room this, this past two years in iZombie. And, uh, now they're kind of going to be running a show. It sounds like so good for them. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. We had some casting news. Uh, Greg Finley says, uh, well, he's been posting that he, he booked a heavily recurring role um, his name is going to be Drake, and uh, apparently that's also a pop star, right? <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I think so. I've heard something about I don't that. Know these <laughs> um, but uh, Wait, what's his name? Greg Finley. Greg Finley. Yeah, he was. He's been on The Flash, uh, Star Crossed. I guess Secret Life of an American Teenager was the last big thing he was in. Um. And then, so so little teaser of his character, they said, you know, he's first seen dying from a gunshot wound. Uh, Drake has information that is vital to Blaine, and he can't be allowed to die and take this information with him. So that'll be a, a plot that's coming up. And yeah, he's going to be heavily recurring, according to this uh, press release. So 
interested to see what he's. Oh, you know. Sounds like I'd okay. look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll be the next Lowell. <gasps> Lowell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ratings for Love and Basketball were a point six zero with uh, point or one point forty three million viewers. It's the second best uh, rated episode this season. Uh, still hasn't beat uh, the season premiere of Grumpy Old Live, which was a point six eight. So, yep, uh, we're hopefully climbing the ratings <laughs> and uh, we haven't peaked with uh, the premiere, but we'll, we'll see. Um, a couple of uh, interviews I read this week. Uh, first was with uh, major uh, Robert Buckley. And we're always talking about on the show, like uh, how are we going to get that uh, fun major back? The old major. And it sounded like he was kind of coming back in this episode. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, this quote, he says, uh, if there was any way of getting him back to that guy he was, it's going to take something like connecting with Liv and being reminded of that. Sometimes you find yourself in your previous relationships or you've reminded of some, you're reminded of something you had or you used to be. And Diane Rogero Wright said, he's going to have a dark and interesting path. It's different from the path that he went on in the first season. It's surprising road. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Goodwin was interviewed and there was actually a, a really nice uh, interview done with Malcolm and um, Rose that we posted in the group. Um, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Podcast um, is where we posted that. Uh, Malcolm said uh, about an up- big upcoming Clive-centric episode, I think. He says, you learn a lot about who he is. There were so many cool talents like cooking that he had that I didn't even know about. It felt like a love letter to Clive. He said, at least that's what uh, Raul Coley is. All right. Yeah. He said that episode will also... Yeah, that's what I've been waiting for. Yeah. (laughs) He said that episode will also bring the detective and Liv and Ravi closer together. Oh, okay. Good. So, uh... Because that's definitely what the show's missing. We need to know more about Clive. Yeah, it's funny, though. Yeah. I'm like... A big proponent of that, but it's like I, I started complaining about that, or you know, not <laughs> complaining, but you know, like oh, I wish we had that. And suddenly the episode, the the episode starts to provide. I mean, we want old major back, and old major was definitely showing up in this episode, even though we still had dark major as well. And then mm-hmm. we get some interesting stuff with Clive this this uh, this week. So yeah, they know what yeah. we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, huddle up. Here's what's going to happen, gentlemen, uh, ladies. You gotta, you gotta pick it up. I want to hear you talk about this episode. I want to hear some funny quotes. I want to hear you shipping Bosano as Bosano as hard as I do. And if I don't, uh, if you don't, I'm going to run you like dog. So let's go, ladies. Let's hustle. Let's get into this episode discussion. Uh, love and basketball. A lot of pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Love and Basketball, written by Bob Dearden, who uh, Steph pointed out to me, actually wrote another episode, uh, Maternity Live. So I thought this was his first episode for some reason, but good on you, Bob, <laughs> if you're listening. I don't know. Um, it also, it's directed by Michael Fields, who directed The Exterminator, Astro Burger, Blaine's World, and Grumpy Old Live. So. Yeah, but like I said, uh, like I tweeted to you or whatever we were talking the other day, I feel like the guys 
from uh, my dad says, I feel like they worked on this episode because this was a very jokey episode. Yeah, they might have. Um, I know they have an episode coming up in a couple weeks that's actually written by the both of them. That's uh, Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher. So they're they're new in the writers' room this this year. So. Yeah, but I thought this was especially fun. Like, they're all funny. Yeah. But this was like a joke. Like, I was constantly uh, just giggling. (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, Major and Robbie definitely were picking up on the the one-liners. And I thought Rose was especially hilarious in this episode. Not even just with the coach brain, but just some of the reactions, you know. Mm -hmm. When she's asked to identify those pictures, the people in the pictures without feeding the brain. Yeah, that was great. She's like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like make all these noises <laughs> It's really funny That was great <laughs> Alright so the first topic I have here Is the cure uh, <laughs> So I'm just going to Kind of run us through um, What happened in regards to this storyline And uh, yeah please interrupt me As many times as you want <laughs> um, We kind of start off With shady plots uh, Blaine is helping a customer when uh, his Finnish undertaker uh, comes in. <laughs> uh, can we talk about Blaine's hair? Oh, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like blow-dried and winged. And <laughs> I guess it's his, like, um, business hair. Yeah. But it's awful. Oh, my was God. It, it was a little more intense this episode, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it had a little more floof to it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wasn't it, like, really tight to his head when he's... Doing yeah. his business, but after hours, he's, you know, he, he's real... Well, wild. after hours, he's kind of spiky and cool. Yeah. But this, yeah. like, business hair was like... It, it, oh, golly. It was just, like, blow-dried. Like, <laughs> like you know, it had... Oh, so, oh I don't know. It was awful. I really worry about Awful the, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I really worry about the, what the customers must think. Like, they come in, they see, like, Blaine, and then they see people like Gabriel or Chief, and they must be like... Is this the the village of the damned that are running this business? Like, oh what is- I, no! I figure chief is chief is, is relegated to the basement. He's <laughs> yeah. not allowed Stay upstairs. Here, chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Gabriel says he's going to cut the utopium like he did before, but only for the cure. And then uh, he says, uh, "God gives me strength. I won't eat brains." Oh no! <laughs> and Blaine says, "Corinthians." <laughs> <laughs> he's like I don't care let's go anyway uh, so uh, later on uh, at the morgue we have Scott E who actually gets a last name in this epi- episode his name is Scott Eberhardt I never heard his actual last name before but mm. or, or excuse me it's not Scott it's Don Don Eberhardt um, brings that uh, took, right because Scott E is the one that got murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, when Ravi was like, "I know you," he said, "You may remember me from some <laughs> from such uh, autopsies as my twin brother Scott E." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. And he kind of, you know, he says something about like, "Oh, he was crazy. He believes in zombies," but you know, Don <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely believes in zombies now. Yeah, there's a is there a lot of like Troy McClure and uh, Simpsons quoted in your house? It is in mine. Nope. No. Oh, okay. Simpsons um, is something I watched when I first started, but 
it just got away from me and then like 10 seasons had passed. So I, I, I finally decided that I'm going to watch that when I retire. Like that's going to be my show. <laughs> I'm just going to be like sitting in a room, you know, having jello, watching Simpsons every day. <laughs> a good long-term plan no there's some shows that like my child has been raised on Uh and simpsons is one of (laughs) um so it's like help develop her sense of humor yeah so is the 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 simpsons make a joke that's related to what we're yeah i'm troy mcclure you may remember me from blah 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 as blah 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 oh okay (laughs) well maybe that's what they were kind of quoting yeah. It might have, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, so he's got if Robbie's finally got the tainted utopium, the, what, what starts to be called the boat party utopium in this episode, <laughs> and uh-huh. Liv is his head. Now, there's going to be need. Uh, they're going to need. Oh, oh, what did he say? Oh my gosh! Much months of rigorous training or testing. Rigorous testing. Yeah, <laughs> like. Cause, because she starts to say, oh, Major and I can be together. Yeah. No, back it up. There's got to be lots of testing. You know, it's not going to happen over Do not just steal this out of the closet like you did before. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he said, you can if you want. And she just went ahead and did. You know, I think he was hoping that he she wouldn't. But mm-hmm. um, so later on, um, I'm just kind of keeping everything related to the Tainted Utopia here. Uh, we're back with the rats. Um, Liv wants to name the rats after the Celtics. And yeah, because they're named after Star Wars yeah. characters. That was great. Which, you know, Boba Rat, that is an awesome name. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> but she wants to name them like Larry Bird, and, and he was right. In a couple of weeks, they won't remember why yeah. they're calling these, because this, this is, you know, bleeding. Yeah, not even a memories. couple of weeks, like when the brain wears off, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I... I don't know anything about basketball. Just like the uh, the the uh, di- the Real Housewives episode, yeah. I don't know anything about that. But this, there were it wasn't just basketball jokes. There were baseball jokes, football jokes. It was sports jokes and guys just how guys usually like giving each other a hard time. You know, like just fun ribbing. Yeah. Um, the guys do over sports ball, you know. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the jokes I got, I got a lot of the jokes. Oh, you did. The, yeah, the basketball like the, jokes. Um, that whole, that whole. Uh, uh, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when uh, Major said what, what we should have did, Liv says, "Well, this is what should have happened." He said, "Yeah, we should have gave. They, what would have happened if they gave the ball to so and so?" Uh, that was uh, it was a Seahawks a reference joke, right? to the Seahawks, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like the, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then like Broadway Joe, he was actually from wherever. That's uh, Joe Namath. <laughs> oh, see, completely lost. Yeah, wow, you're we'll very see. observant. I missed all that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you know they talked about Pete Rose. Pete Rose's uh, bat. Right. He was the one that gambled. Ah! Ah! Ah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) So, anyway, back to the rats. Um, Clive actually comes in and says, again with the rats, you two? So, I'm I'm wondering, like, do you guys remember 
Clive ever noticing the rats before or remarking on yeah, the rats? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, he came in and was like, what's going on? Oh, who cares? Let's get to this case. Just, he's, he's seeing that's usually a what lot, he does. <laughs> yeah, he's seeing a lot of little things, just like how when he first brings the evidence to Liv, she, she has no clue. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she has very detailed information. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna put it all together, eventually, hopefully soon. Oh boy, it's coming! <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I just was wondering, what does he actually think these rats are for? Like they've, he, Robbie's got like a line of different cages, you know, just like before. Like what does, like what is the medical examiner doing with these rats? I guess. Five is- He's so, like, minds his own business with stuff like that. I feel like he just, like, sees it and he's like, ah, oh, these people are weird. Anyways, back to work. <laughs> he's also a detective on other things. He's, he's, he's inquisitive, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Right. I almost feel like they mentioned it before in the last Big Rat episode, like, from season one. And they said they explained it to Clive, like, Robbie likes rats. Just, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I was just wondering if you guys remember because I didn't want to look it up. Anyway, and I can't remember anything. Um, all right, so skipping ahead, uh, Blaine shows up at the morgue singing The Cure, and uh, Robbie's not exactly very charmed about this. And yeah, so jarring to see Blaine in, in that uh, in that morgue. Just, yeah, he, it's always a shock yeah. to see him surprising. But that was a great sequence, that action sequence, where they were kissing oh, down. That was the- amazing. <sighs> And, you know, playing the song while they're doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it could was, not have been more perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a funny fight, you know? It was you know, a lot of, like, face mashing uh, and, you know, <laughs> climbing over corpses and stumbling around. It wasn't, you know, a duke em out, you know, punch to the death kind of thing. Yep. I just think that. Rob- yeah, it was a it was a. What if Blaine gets it? What if Robbie gets it? Yeah. What's gonna happen? Yeah, maybe like a like a football kind of thing. <laughs> Possibly sport. Yeah. Oh. Um. And uh, yeah, I'm just thinking. Like Robbie is Robbie is very lucky that he's still useful to Blaine because this is its. Don't forget, this is the same guy that just put a gun to Lowell's face and oh. pulled the trigger. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So, so you know, Ravi says he's he, still with the rigorous testing, but Gabriel sneaks up behind him, and uh, we get a concentrated dose of the second batch of boat party utopium that Gabriel made and Max Rager uh, together kills zombies horrifically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Robbie actually says that was unwise, and mm-hmm. that's an Indiana Jones reference. So there. That was what a what reference? Indiana Jones. Oh. That's the end of Last Crusade when he drinks the drinks from the wrong cup. You chose wisely. Um. So. Uh, here's a quote I wrote down from Ravi. Have we discovered that, um, uh, the cocktail? That supposedly was the same kind of cocktail that they were trying to make actually ends up killing zombies horrifically. <laughs> um, he says, this certainly means that the so-called boat party utopium wasn't even close. We're back to square one. 
Now, I get that um, before anybody writes in. I get that he was making a dose of something to turn the rats into zombies. Um, I just didn't know if, like... Like, it seemed like he was giving right up on it, even though this wasn't actually the cure? Like, we, we don't really know what would happen if you double-dosed... Like, if you dosed a zombie with with what turned the zombie into a zombie in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so, this is what happened. Ravi was about to dose these rats with what? The bo- He said he made a concentrated dose of the boat party utopium that uh, Gabriel created and Max Rager. So, okay. this is something that was supposed to create zombies. And then he was going to work back from that and go, okay, so this creates zombies. What can I do to turn this into a cure? But this, we didn't get a chance to see whether that actually would create a zombie. He just made something that would kill a zombie. (laughs) But I'm saying, if you dose like a zombie with the same thing that turned him to a zombie in the first place, it kills him? Is is that what they're trying to say? (laughs) I, yeah, I guess so. And it's yeah. sad. I mean, it is sad that Gabriel, you know, is gone. Yeah. But also it's sad that there are hopes of, you know, Gabriel trying it again. Right. Trying to create the mixture again is dashed. It's like, it's almost like, is it, was it the fact that Gabriel just made it incorrectly the problem? Or was it that um, he can't do anything with this this mixture anyway? I think people will probably write in. (laughs) I won't go any further. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. Lou, where are you? All right, we'll move on. Uh, I I don't think we're supposed to figure that out, perhaps. I just, it seems that A, uh, Ravi made a, uh, made this thing, and it was the second batch of Party Utopium made by the same guy, and it actually turned into the anti-cure. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and that's my brain cardio for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the coach case. Okay. Coach. My- yeah. You know, she was about to, she was like, oh, I'll, uh, I'm going to eat a security guard brain. What kind of fresh hell is this going to be? Like, <laughs> How sad yeah. she, you know, was thinking this was going to be a an awful brain. Maybe she thought it would be another grumpy old man brain. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> I love at the beginning of this whole thing. You know, we got we got some great jokes here. The shot through the heart joke. Nobody appreciates Bon uh, Jovi quotes. Aww. <laughs> and the, the hilarious uh, little uh, routine that uh, Liv and Ravi ran between them about how the murderer could make it easy for them to figure it out. <laughs> that was so cute. He could turn out to be living next to the police department and be sitting there <laughs> reciting the Miranda rights to himself as we showed up. Yeah. Say such, such a jokey episode. So yeah. Right. And, oh man, just Rose is so cute. Um, Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, yeah, we get a zomlet um, to be eaten. That was yummy. So this guy gets shot, um, and it turns out he knows the uh, he knows the shooter, 
the visitor log was altered. The tapes were stopped, but um, but yeah, Liv Liv gets some coach brains, and uh, one of the first things she does is give Clive grief about being a Knicks fan. <laughs> when before she didn't even realize that it was a Knicks, she thought it was a cup for knickknacks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then when the kids come in asking about their coach, she's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and how creepy was it that these kids were asking if Washington had the death penalty? Oh, uh, gosh. Well, they thought it was RJ's dad, TJ. Right. <laughs> who turns out to be the absolute worst character that uh, the uh, zombie oh. writers have ever made. <laughs> like the worst person ever. Right. Man, he's got anger issues. Calls the social worker the child protective a fairy. Gets all like super sexist and um, aggro with Liv right in front of Yeah, like really uh, aggressive towards her. Yeah. Clive did not like that. (laughs) And we find out that Seattle has a tavern called the Public Library, (laughs) which Uh, I was like, what? Huh? And. I realized that was just a deep pun. I'm gonna I'm gonna coin deep pun, I guess, because I looked it up. I'm like, okay, library doesn't mean anything, but libation libation is I, I wrote it down a ritual pouring of a liquid as an offering to the gods in someone's memory. So, so maybe they're the the it's called public library because there's libations that happen. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. It was a stretch. Yeah, that that line that it was very quick and that just went right over my head. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me analyzing the transcript after. Like, what did they say? <laughs> Why is she saying that he's reading Daniel Steele? I don't get it. Um, so Liv has visions of uh, TJ choking the coach, uh, abusing RJ, and TJ says he's going to teach that mama's boy a lesson for talking about him. And so he. Uh, he gets what he's asking for later Later on that night. Uh, Clive shows up and uh, beats him on his own foot. <laughs> yes, which raises questions. What in Clive's past? Yeah. You know, was he, you know. Was he a victim of abuse? Yeah, or, there's all kinds of He's questions. a cop, so maybe someone got away. You know, he had a case yeah. where someone was an abuser and they got away and he's holding a grudge. Ooh, that could be it too. Mm-hmm. I almost think that's that's I, that's probably it because I just can't imagine Clyde being beaten <laughs> no. by anybody by ever. Anybody. I mean the arms, right? That's uh, we have a Clive yes, arm check in. Steph, is there any? Uh, very nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, we also learned in the case we have we don't have Kickstarter in this universe. They have funders keepers, which is mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but they do have Bitcoin, <laughs> so that's oh, I noticed that that thing. little yeah. And uh, we had this little <laughs> side journey to Tacoma during this case, which was absolutely delightful. <laughs> um, oh, it was wonderful <laughs> because it like this little rivalry spat between this uh, medical examiner and Ravi. It just kind of escalated. Yeah. And now I know this guy from Seinfeld. Yeah. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a comedian that Jerry just couldn't stand him. And so I, when I would watch Seinfeld, I would think, is this just showing that Jerry is a jerk or are they showing all comedians are obnoxious and jerks? Kenny Did Banya. It, 
Was that his name? Yeah. Well, uh, Steve Heitner, Hitner is the actor, but that's the character he played on Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it because this is like, I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan and this is very Pawnee slash Eagleton. Um, (laughs) the Seattle slash Tacoma thing, you know, whereas it's kind of the flip side, like Pawnee was very like, you know, hometown and, you know, uh, white trash, but you know, full of heart and Eagleton was like the bunch of stuck up snobs, (laughs) you know? Where I think it's almost as if like yeah. uh, Seattle is the Eagleton, whether Robbie likes it or not, because <laughs> you know they have all the the high tech stuff and uh, yeah, and Tacoma they don't need that stuff; they just make use of their space because they don't have all the murders that Seattle has. Yeah, or this medical examiner isn't exactly admitting that they're murderers because <laughs> maybe he's yeah, not a big true. fan of. <laughs> You know, maybe that's extra paperwork. Yeah, or or maybe he doesn't really have a an imagination for what could he wants he wants to uh, explain it as something very uh, simple. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Occam's razor, he said, right? Um, right. And I love that he picks on uh, picks on Robbie's accent, and Robbie <laughs> calls Tacoma the Shire. <laughs> yeah, he says the, he, he says that. Uh, Seattle has to uh, meet a quota. Oh yeah, which was kind of mm. you know kind of mm. racist. Yeah. Oh right, right, yeah. And yeah. and then Robbie says, "Well, uh, it, it was like uh, the citizens don't uh, they're not suspecting witchcraft." Uh, so the the dead body is uh, Telly Levins. He's an enforcer for the mob, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, he was just walking around this construction site and ends up getting hit in the ham hit in the head with a hammer. And of course, this is a construction site; it makes a lot of sense. Oh, he's an enforcer for the mob. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, so they uh, they discover that this guy is one of the people that went up to the went, went in the building, you know, before the security cameras were turned off. So they go to the law firm that he goes to on the fourth floor. They didn't actually, I don't think they gave, gave a name for this one. I don't know. I'll just call it Wolfram and Hart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we first meet uh, Roger Thrunk, which is a, a name. <laughs> That's a name, all That's right. That's a name. That is a name. Roger Thrunk. <laughs> um, and the, he actually, he's like, I don't know this guy. And, uh, um, Clive picks up on the the copying machine and the fact that the copier codes are in there and logs and this is something that was actually used on Veronica Mars I believe a couple times this the the fact that you could account for people by the time that they logged into their copier so that sounds like a Veronica Mars thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they track down Harry Cole who is uh who is making copies at the time um and he's got a bit of a sports obsession. He's uh, Liv has a, a vision of him freaking out over a Hearst College game, which uh, which uh, that's where Veronica College. That's where Veronica Mars went to college. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, always the fun Veronica Mars references. So yeah, yeah Clive kind of uh, puts on a bit of. Uh, I don't know, his super detective powers by like going, okay, there's a bat 
obviously he got hit in the head with something. Maybe it wasn't the hammer. Maybe it was this bat. I smell bleach. Okay. Now, (laughs) if he was standing here, not that I have any reason to think that he was standing here, (laughs) you would hit the, you know... Whatever. Oh, it was kind of a little easy. It was a little easy. And he's like, oh, there's blood on the blinds. Yeah. It was I almost the a situation. I, I just wrote that. This is almost a situation that uh, Liv and Ravi were fantasizing about at the beginning of the episode. Right? <laughs> it's like the criminal's making it way too easy. Um, so, yeah, Harry gets uh, brought into interrogation and uh, he admits he killed the enforcer out of self-defense. Um, but, uh, he did not kill the coach and the, oh yeah, the, the reason why I was tied to the coach is because he made a donation of a bunch of money or something that got tied back to him anyway. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> or why I'm explaining the entire case, but, uh, what it turns out to be is, uh, Roger Thrunk is, uh, the person that actually, uh, killed the security, uh, co- killed Coach Hayden because Roger Thrunk is the uh, is a fixer for the firm. It was kind of unsatisfying though because you didn't see him get busted at the end. He just all kind of happens off camera and kind of shoved shoved aside as we as Clive is opening brains, you know. So <laughs> it was a weird ending to that that case. Um. So whatever that that was a it was an interesting case. So it was just I don't know wasn't the most satisfying one I would say. Um, yeah, it seemed like the episode didn't like it. Yeah, the case was there, but it wasn't the main focus. That kind of did make it pushed aside a little, like you said. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, and I almost think like like if it's not going to be the big focus of the episode, um, then make it easier. <laughs> it's a little easier, yeah. you know. Like why does it have to go? Now we gotta go. We gotta go to the child abuser. We gotta go to um, Mr. Thrunk, and then back to Mr. Thrunk later. And it's all off camera. It's just I don't know. Anyway, uh, on to more important things. Uh, let's talk about Liv and Major. Oh, <laughs> so uh, the episode actually begins as if it. Um, like you could play both episodes, both last week's episode and this episode together, and it's just like they go together because you know they're making out at the end of the episode and then making out at the beginning of this one, mm-hmm. which uh, actually I have a point about later, but I'll, I'll bring it up later. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Liv stops and Major's thinking basically with the wrong head at this point. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Liv's worried about Major catching zombie, which I forgot that she does that. She she calls the disease zombie. I don't know. Um, she's worried about saliva. I was personally worried about, like, you know, Major's whiskers possibly cutting her open and then, you know, blood. Yeah. That way. Yeah, his whispers. It's- At the end, when he, when he shaves his whiskers... I was like, oh, that's why he looks so bad. <laughs> that's why, because I, I couldn't figure out he looked terrible. <laughs> I thought he, I thought they added a little extra makeup when, it, when he was at his worst to make him look kind of gaunt, yeah, to, sunken yeah, eyes. Yeah, to make his eyes look dark. Yeah. yeah. But I just couldn't believe how better, how much better he looked when he shaved the whiskers. But yeah, he was completely different. He realizes that he was a better person. When they were together, when she was in his life, 
but over the course of the episode, she friend zones him, and he is not used to that at all. He doesn't understand. <laughs> he, he's read about it. Is that or he's heard something about it? About <laughs> when yeah, girls don't want to be naked with him or something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't catch any of the uh, basketball references, but I totally got the Pretty Woman reference. <laughs> so, oh, that, that was great. <laughs> no kissing, the no on, kissing the on the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, strangely, Major stays the night, and uh, one thing we were worried about last week is like, oh my god, Gilda's going to walk in any second now. Or Rita, right. or whatever you want to call her. <laughs> and uh, Oh, her name is Rita because... A guy in the office when they were going to work out, when she was using that exercise ball yeah, in a way I've never seen anybody do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he called her Rita. So Rita must be her real name. And Gilda is the fake name that she's given Liv. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I forget who pointed it out. Sure. Uh, somebody sent me um, sent us a message. I think it was on Facebook. It might have been Harold. Uh, said, hey, you know, Rita... Uh, Ray Hayworth is uh, known for one Gilda. of her biggest roles as playing Gilda. Yeah, I knew the two names seemed familiar, but I... So it's almost like, Listen. okay, so Rita's the big actress and Gilda is the role. So yeah, I actually, I have, I have a little bit of a, um, you know, during my the Max Rager topic, I'm going to be alternating between Rita and Gilda because that's how I wrote it. Um, so yeah, the, the next morning, Major gets the coffee test. And uh, he can't stand it, but it's only because Liv can't make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no kids, no sex. And there might be uh, a problem of her maybe slipping on the ice and scratching him. And so cute, <laughs> the, the condoms and rock salt. <laughs> like, Solve all our problems. Yeah, we need condoms and rock salt t-shirts made. <laughs> all, all problems can be solved with condoms and rock salt. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Um, I just had to wonder though uh, I was thinking You know This whole thing with Major with his zombie detector And the fact that he's not picking Liv up on the zombie detector uh, I'm wondering if Major's immune to zombie now uh, that, And which would make Blaine immune And I'm not sure if that, that Oh would, if Receiving okay. the cure made them Immune to contracting it again So yeah. they will be the cure yeah. Ooh. That's interesting. They kind of they they do that in the uh, the Vampire Diaries. I don't know if that's yeah. Oh god, that mythology. I, I'm so glad I don't do a Vampire Diaries podcast because <laughs> keeping track of everything that happens on that show, oh, just yeah. even in an episode. Definitely. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Major uh, later on, he's dealing with Max Rager stuff that we're going to get to later. Um. But he's about to take Utopium. And Liv has uh, uh, comes in and gives this amazing pep talk, and it's so amazing that it's actually one of my favorite scenes. And I'm I'm gonna totally play the clip now. I'm gonna remind you of something, son. Something you already know. The world ain't all dilly bars and debutante balls. The world throws wicked punches. Wants to see who goes down easy. Some people stay on the mat. Not you, though. You were an undersized walk-on free safety at UW. Three years later, you were a starter. It takes a tough get-back-off-the-mat son-of-a-bitch to do that. But that ain't what impressed me. I fell in love with the guy who could have cashed in on his looks, his connections, his notoriety, but instead, 
He said, I've been blessed and I want to give back. I'm going to be a social worker. I'm going to be the guy who helps others get back up. I know you've taken some haymakers lately. I know that this time it's harder to get back up than it's ever been. But you're made your mother flippin' lily white and you don't quit. God, you're so weird. Okay, that was awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and judging by Twitter, it, it was a very popular scene. Oh. Yeah. You know, those those speeches in sports movies are always great, too. I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan, but I like sports movies. And every single time, I mean, we have, we have some uh, uh, references to Friday Night Lights. And uh, yes. uh, that show, I watched it from beginning to end. And one of my favorite things was when, you know, Coach Taylor would, you know, give them the big talk before the game, you know. Yeah, it old. was very, very, very amazing. Yeah. Lives... Uh, pep talk to Major when Liv took Major into the gym and showed, you know, like, here, you're going to these boys coach now. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, that was very emotional. Oh, yeah. It was. She's, she's found him a new purpose. Mm-hmm. She knows perfect. what he needs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was that I guess I'll, I'll now get to it. Um, I thought it was a bit of a goof. And I hate to be critical, but I just thought this was a bit of a goof. Um, at the end of the uh, the coach inspirational speech, um, she says something about how, you know, if there's still any utopium, they ask if there's still any utopium in the room. And he's like, no, he's, you know, they have the whole not in, not in this house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I was kind of like, whoa. I don't know, and, and I was like, oh, maybe I missed it before. Like, they didn't say anything about Utopia before, but uh, maybe I missed it. And I went back through, like, the transcripts of this episode and the end of the last episode, and they that was the first time they mentioned Utopia at all. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that it maybe happened off off uh, screen when, you know, he, when... When he came, when he came over to her house at the end of the last episode, he said that he needed help. That's right. And I figure off screen they talked about it. He explained what he needed help with. I guess, but it just seems like such an important scene to have, or maybe they just were. Worried I know, about yeah, it, it, yeah, it it got my attention at first. I was like, oh, she knows. But yeah. then I was like, oh, he said he needed help. I figured that they talked about it off screen. Yeah, I feel like that would have been important to show, too, because he's obviously leaving some stuff out. He's not telling her about Max Rager, yeah. you know, hiring him and about Gilda or Rita. So it would have been important to show what he actually did tell her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what he didn't. I guess we're just right. going to assume that she only knows about Utopia. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, did he, does, he, does he mention Robbie's experiments? Is he, you know... No mention of any of it, and uh, yeah, the I wrote down here. The only hint of it is I need help at the, at the end of the last week's episode. They make out. We open up this week week's episode. They're still making out, so there was no talk <laughs> in between. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they start. They they're like, I'm hooked on Utopium. Come closer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the and well, next- I figure. I figure after they kissed and everything, they probably sat down and had a long talk, talked half the night, and that's why he slept there on the couch. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I wish they, I don't know. Like the next morning she says, she just, she says, you came over here because you needed help. She doesn't say utopium. She doesn't even say what help. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of a goof. 
little bit, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, just just a great scene, regardless. Um, so yeah, like like you were saying, Steph, the the basketball team, it's great. We, uh, I love the moment where he breaks up a fight and totally invokes the coach's memory, and he's like, the kid's like, "Wow, you went there," <laughs> and he's like, "I'm shameless." <laughs> that was great. Um, we get some more coaching, and uh, it's great because Liv uh, Major says she's she's got an ulterior motive to her ulterior motive, and it's because. You know, yeah, she wants Major to uh, snap out of it, get back to being old Major again. But she also just loves coaching a team because <laughs> that's the brain <laughs> she's on. She just wants to take over. She's so happy to take over. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love when they 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 go. They they don't take her seriously, and so she makes them run. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that night, I, uh, he goes to a restaurant. And I didn't even know this. I had to go back and look at compare screenshots, but that was D.A. Barakis reading that newspaper. That wasn't just any regular zombie. That was that was the D.A. Oh, oh, I didn't <laughs> recognize him. Me either. I was reading a review and I was like, "What? <laughs> Did I miss something?" But uh, yeah, that's Barakis and his kids comes in, and so <sighs> I think. I'm, I'm kind of glad the major's a little conflicted about killing zombies at this point because Blaine has a lot already to be pissed off with him about. And if he kills off the DA and causes some sort of problem with uh, him taking power in Seattle, um, Blaine's going to be super pissed at, at major. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And the, the end of the storyline is just basically, um, you know, Major cleans up and wants to be together and knows all the risks and doesn't care. He's a better man with her. And it really the, it just leave, leaves off with him saying, can we give it another shot? And Well, and he tells Rita uh, that, that there's like eight on his list that were not zombies. And she's <laughs> suspicious. She says that, uh, you know, the, the chances are a lot of these are. So she knows that he's uh, fighting back or right. not following through. Well, that's why the deal. That's why I put after this topic the Max Rager topic because we definitely have to talk about some Rita Gilda. Uh, okay. Because we actually get some Rita Gilda on her own scenes. Uh, we get uh, we get we get like a uh, this whole lab scene where there's no sign of Doctor Holland, but uh, we have this new doctor, Doctor Irving. <laughs> we got some doctors like crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Doctor Holland, like he's not he's not even the one that's in the the cage there. It's some other female zombie or yeah. Uh, see, I figure Doctor Holland's gone. Yeah, I was even wondering if maybe it was uh, and, Terrence Fowler would be um, a zombie, but maybe he just was, you know, meat. <laughs> right. Fresh brains. What did what did Rita say? Oh, this is as bad as watching my mother <laughs> try, to, try to refold a mouth. Because she gave the cane, she put a cane over there, so the zombie could just use the cane to simply pull the brains closer, but. This, this is a Romero. This is a slow zombie that has no brain capacity at all. Um, so is this a person who was turned into a zombie and has not had brains yet and has turned into a shambling zombie? I don't even – I'm worried about guessing. It, was, <laughs> yeah, it sounded like – I might be wrong, but she was 
talking about like um i don't know i'm kind of wondering if they're injecting people to test them and it's not just like you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know is is it just max rager is the thing that turns people into zombies and it's not the boat party utopium at all and boat party utopium helps with the anti-cure i, I don't know um, I immediately noticed uh, Dr. Irving right away. The actress is Karen Conneville, um, who I'm a Super X-Files fan, so she actually played Mrs. Peacock in the episode Home, where she was legless <gasps> and armless and underneath a bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. And she played Madame Zelma in the episode Clive, Bru- Clive Bruckman's um, Final Repose. Both great episodes. If you don't know anything yeah. about X Files, those are good ones to check out. Even the best, own. the two best, yeah, the two best X Files And most recently, she's been playing an orangutan. Um, she's played Maurice in the uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and the, the, oh. the last two. I can't remember. They're great. Wow, ones, <laughs> they just have too many words in the title. <laughs> So Dr. Irving can't work with these quote-unquote mindless shamblers. She says she needs the DNA of a functional zombie. And she asks Rita <laughs> for Liv's blood. And I, uh-huh. I immediately was like, can't, can't you get DNA out of like a hair? Isn't that an easier thing to get from a person you're trying to sneak DNA from? <laughs> like a hair follicle of some sort? But whatever. Um... <laughs> The uh, the next thing I have with uh, Rita is when she's a walking visit from uh, HR. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, the, the person that wrote the episode, what's his name, Bob? Bob, Bob Dearden, yeah. Bob Dearden. He, he tweeted, uh, Rita's not bad, she's just drawn that way. Because <laughs> she tells Liv that she... <laughs> Uh, didn't want to, you know, have didn't want to bring the guy there to the apartment because she didn't want to subject her to all the noise that she makes because she sounds like a cartoon character being murdered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is amazing. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if her character was based on Jessica Rabbit, yeah, or if, or if she's just reminding them of her because she's being so. I don't even know what to call that, whatever she's being. It's just devious. Well, I mean, she's being... Sultry? Sultry. Sultry, yeah. Yeah. See, I was thinking about um, how, like, devious and duplicitous she is uh, throughout the episode. When I was live tweeting that night, I was comparing her to Lex Luthor. But then I realized, like, I was thinking of Smallville, (laughs) because I'm also a Smallville super fan. (laughs) And uh, those who actually watched Smallville all the way to the later seasons might know who Tess Mercer is, um, played by Cassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly who I was being reminded of. It might be just because of the red hair and the uh, duplicitous nature, but uh, yeah, she's, oh man, Leanne Lapp, you're doing an awesome job. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she plays the bad so good. Yeah. I love the zombie killer, Keskase, <laughs> she said. <laughs> Um, and she also debates with uh, Major on whether a zombie is a person. Hmm. So. Yeah, because yeah, Gilda or Rita, and the neither Rita or the Doctor wanted to consider that they that, that the zombie was a part because uh, Major talked about how the last one woke up in the back of his 
car begged for his life and said that he was taking care of his aging parents. Oh, oh my gosh. And that was and the, that was the owner of Minor. That was that. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And the dog and asked him to take care of his dog. Oh, that's so sad. Which is why now we see that's why Minor uh, is home with Major because he couldn't. He he felt he feels so terrible about killing this guy. So yeah. it's like he knocked him out and then he woke up in his cr- trunk and screamed and cried. Oh, must have been horrific. It's got to be some, yeah. you know, that's some heavy guilt. Yeah. I feel so bad for Major, you evil murderer. <laughs> 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 oh, that's weird. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Irving is totally talking about how zombies are just like, you know, was he intelligible? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, these are people. Maybe get out of the office and check out some of these zombies that are fully functional, like Liv, you know? I don't know. Um, I'm really hoping that Liv doesn't end up in that doctor's clutches at all. I'm very scared for her. Um, That's a scary thought. I never even went down that road. She's going to end up in a glass box by the end of this uh, season. Yeah. Season finale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, called it. Anyway, hashtag zombies are people too. Um, yes. (laughs) And we get this great scene also with, uh, at at Liv's apartment with her and Gilda. Now Gilda. Um, (laughs) as they're comparing notes in the same guy. And it's, this time it's, um, it's, uh, Gilda's turn for not knowing exactly what the other person's talking about until, uh, yeah, she she realizes that she's talking about Major and uh, quote unquote misses uh, uh, Pepper mm. and uh, cuts Liv's hand really quick too. I, I was thinking, man, she's got a quick tam- temper. Uh, I, I'm worried how dangerous Gilda is. All right. Yeah, she's definitely a dangerous character. Yeah. So she gets that. some Go ahead. serious jealousy going on. Yeah. I, I mean, she obviously actually likes Major. I think she's getting some feels for him. Mm-hmm. 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 And, um, yeah, and like, like you said, Steph, the major tells Rita that he checked out, um, eight potential candidates. None of them were zombies, tries to break it up with her. And she actually says, we'll play it by ear. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, she says the odds of all candidates being, uh, non-zombies are low. And major says, never tell me the odds. <laughs> Which is a, is that an empire or a Jedi? <laughs> Um. Uh, no, I think that was just Star Wars. It's Han Solo to C three PO. The odds of us escape might have been Empire during the asteroid field. Oh, I'm the worst. I think it's Empire during the I, asteroid field. I need to go uh, rewatch the trilogy. I'll be back. <laughs> the Holy Trilogy. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, Rita say Gilda say Rita, Rita, Rita saying Rita Gilda say <laughs> we'll play around. it by ear. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, you know, you're not going to have any choice in this. I'm, I'm in control. I'll say what happens next. Right. Um, and the last thing we wanted to talk about, we're running kind of long tonight. Wow. Um, <laughs> such a huge episode. The last topic I had was about the Yeah, meat- so much to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the meat cute case and mostly about mm-hmm. Clive here. And uh, Clive's, you know, Clive, don't ask a woman on the phone if her husband was suicidal. Maybe that's something we want to ask face to face. I mean, no wonder she flipped out and called his called uh, the lieutenant. <laughs> I just thought that was like, uh, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, because because everybody is wanting to get past this, mm-hmm. but Clive is the only one that's that's still uh, has questions and trying to bring it up. Just like he told, uh, what's her name? Oh, Bazio, Del Bazio, ba- Del Bazio. <laughs> Hashtag he Bazio tells now. her that that. Uh, they had a narrative, and everybody was going with this narrative, and they made yeah. one of their own hero, and uh, and he just doesn't see it like that. Yeah. And so we find out uh, from Basio that uh, in the um, in the sink train at the meat cute was found a strand of hair that they uh, figured out uh, was Alan York's. Hmm, I wonder how they found out that hair belonged to Alan York. DNA, perhaps? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, so, oh man, just, um, I, I love, I love Clive and Dale, the, the, the whole, her goofing off behind the window while divorce trying to talk to him was hilarious. Yeah, that was, that was surprising. Like, you, you didn't really realize she had that kind of sense of humor because she seems yeah. kind of serious. No, she was, she was joking with him last episode. She just, you know, Yeah, but, but. She's really wacky in this one, though. Right. <laughs> Doing the yeah. stairwell and the canoe. <laughs> Those two are adorable. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, and they just—they seem to be on the same page about everything. They—they yeah. they really agree with everything. Yeah. So uh, hats off to Jessica Harmon doing a great job on the show as well. Um, and uh, you know, we get Mrs. Suzuki finally showing up at the end of this episode. It says uh, maybe her husband could have been suicidal, but uh, she did find this weird Tupperware container in the freezer of his uh, beer fridge. And uh, Clive opens it, and it's a little wedge of brain. A little, little appetizer. Which, uh, you know, anybody watching at the time were like, what? Hey, uh, <laughs> like, is he going to know it's brain? It's, he's got to know it's brain. Or he's going to figure it out really easily. Oh, yeah. Going to have it tested. It's brain. Mm-hmm. Looked very candied, that brain. Yeah, very gelatinous. Mm. That did. They're definitely setting Clive up to figure everything out. Or at least, you know, the existence of zombies. Mm -hmm. You okay, Steph? Uh Uh-huh. I'm not moving. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Anyway. Are we ready for feed? Are we discussing everything? Did we cover that? (laughs) Yes. uh, We do have... uh, Yeah, that's right. I I don't have any more notes. Do, Do anybody else? Does anybody else have any notes? Oh, um, I don't know if we talked about it, but the, was this the first double vision that we ever got? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Where Liv, oh, she yeah. had a, a vision yeah. and then a vision. Yeah, yeah, back to back visions. Yeah, there's some weird, there's some weird stuff in this episode. This episode is so jam packed. Like there was one, there was one thing where like uh, there was they had the double vision, but they also had this. Um, Scene where Major was talking to Rita at the gym, and she was like, "Well, get back to me later about this." And then the next scene was him getting back to her later. <laughs> so yeah. I just wonder, like, they were trying to fit so many different things in that uh, it ended up being kind of uh, awkward at times. Yeah, maybe there were mis- there were deleted scenes that they just didn't have time. And then for. The, not mentioning the Utopium until after perhaps the talk. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it was maybe some stuff hit the cutting room floor. But uh, yeah, the double double vision might have been 
I don't know. Maybe they did that for time, or maybe they did that like that's going to happen more more frequently. Like uh, she's gonna mm. she's gonna be plagued with visions. I don't know. Um, all right. So if that's it, let's get into the feedback section. I did want to mention that we had a brand new iTunes review um, from Canada, Molly eighty eight. She says, joyful insight, a really positive, fun discussion of each episode, sometimes even featuring interviews with visiting cast or writers. Give it a listen. You can even send them feedback with your thoughts on the episode. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> awesome. Not only we talked about like how much she liked it, but also it gave us a little plug to send feedback. And uh, yeah, you can send <laughs> feedback um, uh, izombiepodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, did you want to do a bit of feedback stuff? Sure. Do you want me to read Caitlin's? Sure. Hey, Caitlin. Okay. She writes, a really fun episode. I enjoy it when Liv's food brings some positive vibes to her life. A little fresh air between the eccentrics. <laughs> nice to see some interaction between Blaine and Ravi again. I love how coolly Blaine blew off his wrestling match with the Ravster. Especially when his intentions were to wreck further destruction. He never misses a step from drug dealer to zombie to funeral home director to almost bioterrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I was also slightly terrified when Ravi broke the vial. What if the liquid had aerosolized due to the impact and he ingested it? Oh, or maybe uh, what if what if it brought back that body back to life that was on the table? <laughs> If I were Ravi or Liv, I would want to do some brain studies and neuromapping to, mapping to see how precisely eating brains and all the different brains affected her own. What areas are affected, how it affects her, how it affects her functionality and neural pathways. Could there be residual effects from each person beyond the general nourishment? So many questions. Well, maybe they don't have the resources, but they could totally start out with an EEG and see what happens to live after she eats the brain and when she gets one of her flashes. I'm glad Clive is closer. I'm glad Clive is getting closer to the meet cute truth because he really is a good detective. Things are going to blow up again by the end of this season. I figure not entirely, but a lot more people are going to be in on the secret. I've been uh, enjoying listening to your podcast for season two. Cheers, Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin. Caitlin, that's very, uh, very advanced technology speak there. (laughs) (laughs) The brain studies and neural mapping. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That that would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be cool. I'm not, I'm not sure how like detailed they want to get, you know, in the writer's room, you know, maybe like let it, let it slide. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel Ravi, you know, Ravi worked for the CDC, so he knows about, like blood and medicines and I, I don't think he knows about uh and I don't know how to say all this even though <laughs> he doesn't know about like um brain studies human biology yeah and well he yeah. should know something he's a medical examiner uh, I don't yeah know. which makes him a medical doctor I don't think it's that kind right? of show though it's like I don't yeah know, it's you not know? that deep mm-hmm. I don't know. It, you know, I don't think that might be more of a science fiction-y kind of thing. I don't know. Yes. But I think they're more interested in the, the relationships and the, the fun times and the mm-hmm. super sad times. <laughs> Breaking our heart times. 
All right. Um, I have a voicemail from Moira, eventually. Oh, my God, you guys. There's so much in this episode. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, okay. Liv giving Major the Pep Talk in the bedroom is a fabulous scene because the emotion on his face is just its so sweet. And, uh, and it works. I mean, the best part of it is... She takes him out to that gym and she gives him purpose in his life again. He's back to his social worker roots and it's what he needed. It's perfect. Um, but he, him wanting to get back together with her at the end um, is... You just know that all these dark clouds hanging over them are going to cast a shadow on things because, you know, he's lying to Max Rager and... Um, you know, he's been killing people. He could get caught for that. He could get caught for the dog. Who knows? Like, you just know somehow something bad is going to happen. Or or uh, they, they meaning Liv and Ravi, might have to figure out what Major's been up to. I don't know. Or Gilda slash Rita is going to cross their paths and everything's going to come tumbling out. I'm not sure. But something is going to happen, obviously. And uh, things cannot possibly go completely smoothly for the two of them. Oh, I, I loved, 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 loved beyond measure the scenes with Ravi and Blaine. Uh, Friday, I'm in love with the cure. Get it? Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> Grappling over the uh, the utopium, that was awesome too. Which, although, leads to the problem that now that the tainted utopium is gone and Ravi doesn't have it to help him to make a cure, and now that the fellow who made the chain of utopium is dead, we're right back to square one, and we don't really have any cure that we're working on, which is kind of awful, although it is good in the sense that Liv will stay a zombie for longer, and so this series continues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but not so good for Liv and uh, Major. And then, oh my god, I love Dale. You know, FBI woman Dale. I love her. The, the scene where she's in the background and <laughs> pretending to row her canoe or paddle her boat, whatever. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, plus, of course, she's this bright cookie who is dropping this enormous bomb that they found the astronaut's hair in the drain. So that continues to happen. You know, I think one of my feedbacks I said, I love the fact that uh, Clive is not giving up on his investigation of the cute. And here's Dale come along like a gift from heaven to keep that wound open, to keep looking and looking and sniffing around until she figures it out. So so a lot happened in this episode. I'll, I'll, Wow, so much plot was advanced, and, uh, you know, it's, it's almost overwhelming. It was, it was great. Oh, I, I, uh, Rita is, ah, uh, she creeps me out, which is great. She's a great uh, actress that way. Right. But when she has a scene with Major where she, he, he basically says he doesn't want to sleep with her anymore, and she says, well, you know, kind of like, I'll take that under advisement. It, it, <laughs> it easy. I just, oh, I don't know what else she's going to blackmail him into. It's just creepy. It's creepy. It's like, it's like he's her little sex toy. And, ugh, ick. So listen, this was this was a great episode. I, I could go on and on, and I won't because I'm babbling on too long. Um, all right, I am giving this ten out of ten uh, fight scenes with a Cure soundtrack in the background. All right, until next time. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Moira. Thanks, it's Moira. so nice to hear everybody enjoying it. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad she finally decided to give it ten out of ten, so I didn't have to change her score again. You know what? It's probably an 11 out of 10, Moira. Your score has changed again. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email from Jen. Um, she says, hello, Robin, Steph, and guest. Another great episode this week. Hey, Jen. 
<laughs> These eps are so dense with their stories, but I'll try to try to keep this to a few observations. I wasn't sure I wanted Major and Liv to get back together so soon as the series, but now I'm totally aboard that ship. Rose and Robert have terrific chemistry, and I love their performances in the opening scene. The dialogue was really great, and they delivered it perfectly. I didn't think that Let's Just Be Friends stuff would last that long, but I can't believe that they're in for smooth sailing either. I guess we know why Major is keeping the dog, but even if it was the man's dying wish, it still probably isn't a good idea. So Yeah, I have a bad feeling about it. So, there's another Han Zola quote. Um, (laughs) So, Rita and Major were in a hotel, and now she's super jealous after hearing about Liv. At least it was an organic way to get her to stab Liv, but I'm not convinced that any DNA on that paper towel won't be pretty denatured by the... Denatured? Denatured by the... (laughs) Oh my gosh, at our smart feedbackers. I know. (laughs) I'm going to start having these, these folks take over for us. Neural nets and... Denatured DNA. All right. Moving on. Thanks. Uh, Clive sees a brain. Major was ranting about brains and coolers last season. Plus, there's a new connection to the neat cute from the missing persons case. I predict Clive finds out about zombies by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That was another thing I was thinking about. I was like, okay, so Clive sees a brain. How much ranting did Major do to me, to, to Clive? I, I can't remember, and I just did not have enough time to go back and, and figure it out. But uh, well, uh, that's when he arrested Major, right? Yeah, yeah for the for um, for harassing Julian. Mm-hmm. So every scene with Ravi was fantastic. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal dialogue this week for him, and the fight with Blaine was amazing. I'm still so confused about zombism, its transmission and origins. I hope the writers know where it's going. I don't need the science to necessarily be real-world plausible, but I need it to be explained better. Was zombism mm-hmm. zombieism in the world before, and now it's mutated because it's come into contact with the energy drink in Utopium? Is the team at Max Rager trying to make zombies or are they trying to find a formulation of the supermax that will not make zombies i thought it was the former but i felt that their intentions for supermax were sort of ambiguous this up why are they trying to see if their captive zombie will develop task mastering skills is it because they they're trying to cure the zombieism induced by the current supermax formula or because they want to control the zombies they're created when people drink supermax perhaps i'm overthinking this or i've forgotten if this was more clearly explained in previous episodes either way i hope this rambling made some sort of sense oh jen i love it <laughs> So, again, super smart stuff. I, I, I we're confused too. Uh, <laughs> uh, please keep writing in and keep debating. I, I, I love it. Um, she finishes off by saying, "Love the shoutouts to both Veronica Mars and Friday Night Lights. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Jen." And uh, yeah, I was definitely looking forward to discussing them in this episode. And I hope uh, um, I didn't come off uh, too rambly and uh, scatterbrained by <laughs> all. All the stuff we had to talk about. Um, let's see what else. Um, Helen actually left us a message on our Facebook page. 
Um, she says, I've watched iZombie from the first episode, but only recently decided to find a podcast about it. Found yours, and now you're a favorite on my phone app. It seemed that on the podcast episode, even cowgirls get the blues. You were getting some flack for not knowing the connection between Tainted Utopia and Max Rager. Glad to know I'm not the only one. Also, I have to admit, <laughs> I don't understand why Robbie named the dog Minor until your podcast. Yes, I admit it, and I'm ready to move on. Looking forward to your upcoming podcast and listening to your past episodes. Thanks, Helen. So... Thank you, Helen. Um, I'm glad we're we're not the only people that are like, what, what? Yeah, I just keep expecting for the show to to uh, explain it better to you know for it to just all come together. Yeah, what did I just say? Did I say mm-hmm. podcast or just the show? <laughs> Either that or it's like uh, uh, I'm, I'm almost worried. They're like, oh man, if they explain too much, maybe that'll ruin it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like they want to make it so this is like a disease and science based and whatever, but you, you know also say that people were dead and they're brought back to life and they're zombies. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's not important. Is you know the main point of the show is the relationships and the characters yeah. and just stick to that. And- yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Ravi will give up for a while, and but we also have the Max Rager. What are they doing? <laughs> you know, I, I exactly. I thought they were trying to just take that ingredient out, but instead we're <clears throat> trying trying to see if zombies are trainable. We're having um, major hunt down zombies and kill them, and uh, obtaining uh, DNA samples. From live, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it is just to eliminate that ingredient. But what was going on at the beginning of this episode was a little weird. Um, we have some Facebook posts too. Um, let's see. Marissa wrote, "Really enjoyed this episode, especially all of the live and major stuff. Her checking him for signs of zombieism was sweet." And I loved her pep talks and bonding with him by watching Hoosiers. The sneaky way she got him to coach the kids' basketball team was also fantastic. And she inspired him to flush his last utopium. But it also seems that he left a little something out of his confession to her. Namely, what exactly his new job entails. But I guess it would have been too easy for that to have been revealed to live this soon. Yeah, Marissa, we don't know what he revealed. (laughs) But I guess if he said anything about Max Rager, it would have been a lot more devastating. Um, She continues, other thoughts. Clive gets away with beating the child abuser while I applaud the impulse. That was a bit reckless of him. Yeah, totally. I was was worried for Clive that... when the when the lieutenant actually called him into the office, I thought that he was going to get like suspended for it or something. But um, she continues, uh, totally ready to see Clive and Dale work together on the mute cute case. Although that could mean bad things for Major, so maybe I should rethink that. Gilda slash Rita knows about Liv and Major now. Wonder how she's going to use that to mess with Major. You know she isn't going to let that go. Still. Not sure how she didn't catch Major on the couch in her and Liv's apartment. She was just conveniently away from the apartment for days? <laughs> uh, or at least overnight, Marissa. Um, she finishes here saying, Max Rager's making Supermax from Romero zombies, and they apparently don't know much about the zombies they're getting Major to kill. Together, those things bring up many interesting questions. Can't wait for next week's episode. 
Uh, let's see what else. Dan says he liked the Hearst College reference. Says apparently this is in the same universe as Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jen, let's see. Oh yeah, she she's talking about how she emailed us. Um, Rachel finishes off our comment section in the Facebook group. It says this was the most enjoyable episode of season two for me. That cure joke was priceless. And any excuse to hear David Anders' English accent is fine by me. I haven't enjoyed a silly fight that much since the Xander slash Harmony slap fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I forgot to mention about the uh, cure joke. Uh, that was, uh, I, I love the fact that this is the year for uh, some awesome uh, music related, well, you know, cure jokes. Uh, there was a great uh, cure joke in uh, Ant-Man, if you've seen that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing Disintegration. Um, okay, well, that's uh, that's it for feedback. I think I got it all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say I did. Good job. Thanks. It's okay. I have more stuff to read here. Uh, next week's episode description. Uh, Max Wager. Uh, it says here, Liv unwittingly crosses paths with the most dangerous man in Seattle while investigating the murder of degenerate gambler Harry. Um, I'll just pause and say, uh, this this actor that they mentioned that plays Harry is the same actor that played Harry in this episode, so I'm thinking they're linked. <laughs> so this the guy that they uh, that uh, had the Pete Rose bat is is our victim of the week. Oh yeah! Uh, Detective Babineau has a super fan moment when he and Liv question NBA Hall of Famer Calvin Owens, played by guest star Rick Fox, at Harry's funeral. Meanwhile, Blaine's father makes a huge discovery, and Ravi delivers some bad news. Lastly, we're not done yet. Evan has a big secret to share with Liv, and Major continues to struggle. And John Kretschmer directs, written by Graham Norris. All right. Well, huddle up. Uh, what we're going to do first is thank Kirsten for dropping by again with all her eyes on the obsessiveness. Um, and tell the team where we can find you on the internet, Kirsten. Uh, uh, you can find me at iZombieObsessed. You can also find me on Facebook. We have a Facebook group or iZombieObsessed.com. <laughs> Good job. That's great. That's a great job. <laughs> thank you. I'm rooting for you. Okay. And uh, I, w- <laughs> I want to thank my podcasting teammate for life, Steph, for bringing in another great show. Nothing but net, Steph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank all of Team Z for tuning into our show. And uh, just come back next week for more iZombie play-by-plays, all right? Brain Season 2. Brain Season 2. Hut, hut, hut. And break. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in 3, 2, 1... Go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. 
Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series, The Defenders Podcast. Find that at defenderspod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash izombiepodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash groups slash izombiepodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, izombiepodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand up and seats.